one of the very common things that I see pretty much on a daily basis is when you start to get chronic injuries, compensatory patterns, muscular tightness, and the whole nine yards, basically what happens is that certain muscles start to shut off. And these are muscles that should be working to do certain tasks, but because they're not working or they're weak or tight or whatever the situation is, other muscles get involved to help out. And that's how we tend to compensate, develop more tightness, asymmetries, and we're putting stress into tissues that are not meant to absorb that stress. This is just a basic muscular firing problem. It's basically how can you control voluntary muscular activation. And if you can't turn on muscles in positions that we need them to turn on, that becomes an issue that we really need to address. So if this is you that has ever done any exercise movements or training that you weren't feeling the right muscles turning on, then you're going to want to listen to this episode as I shed some insight on how to actually get your muscles to turn on so that you can get the benefit from all of your training. Welcome to the HNL Movement Podcast, where everything is geared to leveling up your performance in activities, sports, and life. Join me in my professional journey as I share my knowledge and experiences while also learning from professionals, colleagues, clients, and you with one goal in mind, how to optimize human performance. This is the right place to learn how a multidimensional approach will sustain the performance and lifestyle you desire. Welcome back, everyone. Thanks for joining me again on the HNL Movement Podcast. And we've had some excellent guests, and I'm really excited for our future guests coming up on the show. There's some great stories, great journeys of not only health and fitness, but just everything to get them to this point in their lives. So stay tuned for that because I'm really excited bringing in more guests. And that's what I want to do to round out the rest of the year in 2020 and hopefully give a lot of you inspiring and motivational stories that will help you along your fitness journey. For today's episode, I want to talk about how to get your muscles to activate, how to fire your muscles. You hear that all the time, fire your muscles, fire the right muscles if you're in any shape or form active and working out. But what does this actually mean and how can we actually improve this? Let's start by breaking down how this process actually works. Your muscles cannot do anything unless it's given instructions given instructions primarily by the nervous system. So your nerves, your central nervous system, your brain, the nerves branch out into every part of your body, every muscle, and this is how we voluntarily contract our muscle. Today, I'm gonna focus on voluntary muscular contraction. So when you're actually doing movements, exercise, and that's gonna be the focus of this episode. So once you decide that you want to contract something, it doesn't matter if it's a long contraction, short contraction, strong or weak contraction, Basically, information gets sent down the nerves to your muscles. It crosses that neuromuscular junction to give your muscles instruction as to how to contract, how hard to contract, how many muscle fibers to contract, and how to basically absorb force and create some movement. In order to contract any muscles, we need the signal from the nervous system to get to the muscle. And a lot of times when we contract the muscle, this feedback loop sends information back up to the brain, letting you know if you've contracted that muscle or not, or if you did the intended task. This connection of the nervous system, it can be compared to like an electrical plug. 
So think of any appliance, right? Let's use a desktop computer. If the desktop computer is not plugged into the wall socket, not getting electricity or a signal into the computer, it doesn't matter what you try to do on the computer. It's simply just not turned on. That's the same thing with muscles. If there's no signal or there's a disrupted signal into the muscle, it doesn't matter what type of muscular activity or exercise or movement that you give that person. The bottom line is that that muscle is not being turned on. So we can't really do more things with that muscle. So if we think about that computer again, if it's not plugged in, right, you could try to open up programs even though the screen's blank. You could try to pound the keys harder. You could try to shake the computer. You could try to do all of these different things, but it doesn't solve the problem of just plugging in the computer. That's a whole separate issue. Once you plug in the computer, you get some electricity into it. Now you can actually do a lot more things with the computer turned on. Going back to that muscular example, if we have a hard time just getting that signal into the muscle and turning it on, we don't need to throw everything in the kitchen sink as far as exercise and movement at that muscle when it just needs to be addressed at the base fun fundamental level. That's really what we need to focus on is what's the simplest way to get that signal to that muscle for you to feel that contraction and how can we improve that over time? And that's what I'm going to dive in deeper to in this episode. Once you get that muscle to turn on, once you get that feeling as to how it feels to contract, that's like you getting power into the computer. Now you can actually utilize that muscle in more ways and integrate it into more movements, activities, and that's jumpstarting that process. So that's what I'm going to talk about first. Before we even get into all of the hundreds, thousands, and thousands of corrective exercises, let's just talk about some of the strategies as how to turn that muscle on. So the first step is that people need to understand what they're trying to do, a lot of education, learn how to actually use that muscle, and then they need to feel that muscle working. Feeling that muscle working could mean you're feeling the contraction, like the tightening of that muscle. You're feeling the burn there. You're feeling the burn maybe after, especially if the muscle has been dormant for a while. But you get some of that feedback that, A, that muscle is doing something and you get that back up to the brain because that's going to complete that neurological loop of sending the signal to the muscle, the muscle responding, and the muscle saying, A, we're trying to do what the instruction is. Now, the more that you do this, the more that you use the muscle on a basic fundamental level, you will start to strengthen some of the things that the muscle needs in order to work. So these are things you actually strengthen the signal into the muscle, make the nervous system communicate faster and more effectively. You'll probably develop more energy systems that the muscle needs to actually do work and carry out work repetitively. And you also create some of the physiological muscular adaptations that you want to actually get that muscle stronger. Now let's get into some of the strategies. One of the big things that I will say, and I want you to think about this if you've ever had a hard time feeling certain muscles. I know we've all had, no matter, we all had to start somewhere. So there was always movements where, hey, we don't know if we're feeling the right things or using the right muscles that we're supposed to be using. So this is one of the key points in this episode. If you can't voluntarily turn on certain muscles in the ideal basic position, then putting your muscles under more load or making the movement more complex will not necessarily make the muscle turn on. 
most likely what will happen is that muscle is unable to turn on. So then you'll just learn how to compensate and use other muscles to help help that muscle out. So to clarify this, I am going to give an example. Let's paint a picture. Let's say the task is to use all of your finger flexors, your wrist flexors to make a closed fist, right? If I told you just make a closed fist and try to squeeze, you know, most people would be like, okay, I feel that. We know that you have connection to the muscle, you're able to execute that instruction, and you can feel that you are using the muscles of your forearm, your fingers to close your fist and grab. Now, if you couldn't do that, right, the strategy is not to make it more complex or load it more. For example, you don't need to hang off of a bar to understand how to fire these muscles. Or you don't need to carry 100-pound dumbbells for you to make the closed fist and feel these muscles firing, right? That's what we we're talking about when you want to be able to control, voluntarily contract, and feel the muscular activation so that when you do things like hanging off a bar, when you are grabbing heavy dumbbells, you can actually feel that, okay, my grip strength is actually working I'm not having to compensate up the chain for some reason because I can't grab the bar, I can't grab the dumbbell. And that's what we're talking about by addressing some of the basic fundamental activation patterns and you feeling what you're supposed to feel. Another example that I'll use is like your glutes. Typically, glutes tend to shut down with all of the sitting, just us aging in life, not utilizing our glutes as much. Basically, for a glute, I, I always like to do a simple just a regular bridge, just a regular bridge with the focus of you firing your glutes as much as you can. And this is kind of one of my big tune-up exercises for a lot of people. And not only that, one of the key points is, of course, don't use your lower back. You want to fire your glutes as hard as you can, and you want to completely turn off your hamstrings. And this is something that I know a lot of professionals do. I actually have learned this from Stuart McGill, who's a big back practitioner a back physiotherapist and his big thing is like to create hip extension it's a glute job you shouldn't have to get the help or assistance from your hamstring because that's not an ideal motor pattern so going back to the bridge example i just do the bridge example and have them feel their glutes if someone cannot feel their glutes in a bridge exercise that's one of the most basic fundamental positions you don't need to load their hips or do hip thrusters with 100 plus pounds on your hips to try to feel your glutes because most likely they're going to get their glutes working a little bit more. But majority of the time, I guarantee you that because their glutes are not doing the job, aren't able to turn on, they're going to start to activate a whole bunch of other muscles up and down the, the chain, including their hamstrings, their lower back, and maybe some of that stress is going to go into their actual hip joint. Because, again, they can't turn on their glutes. So we shouldn't load more or make the movement more complex. So the take-home message here is we need to address some of the basic movements, basic activation patterns. And the big question that a lot of you listeners are going to have is what are some of the strategies? And obviously, I can't talk about all of the strategies in a short episode. But I am going to give you some insight on some of the big strategies that will help you get over this hump so that you can fire these muscles and actually get more benefit from other types of movements that you are doing. 
So to go into the tips, again, we want quality movements. We want to practice, practice, practice. A lot of this can be categorized as corrective exercises, but basically it's just movements that we should be able to control our body and feel certain muscles. So the tips here are coaching and cueing is huge. In anything that you're doing, even at this fundamental level, proper coaching and cueing so that you can visualize what you are trying to do with your body, that helps tremendously. Not only does it help you figure out what to do, but the proper coaching and cueing tips or techniques, that will make the world of a difference because maybe it's certain things that you're not doing. So for example, let's say someone is having a hard time maybe feeling their chest in a push-up. There could be a bunch of issues that's contributing to why they have that decreased activation in their chest muscle. Maybe for one person, it's purely position related. Something like, you know what, your hands are a little too close together. Let's get it a little wider so we can use your chest. Or maybe your elbows are flaring up. Or maybe the path of where your arms move, your hands, it's too high or too low, too much by your neck or too much by your waist, and that little correction will make the difference. For someone else, it might be more of a stability issue. Maybe we need to attack that shoulder blade stability because that shoulder blade is creeping up or unstable or rounding a little bit so you can't actually use your chest you have to compensate and use other things and for someone else maybe it's just that they don't know how to fire their chest so once you get them to feel maybe regress the exercise a little bit elevate them or do another exercise that's not so demanding again lighten the load instead of make the load heavier and they actually feel oh that's what it feels like to actually feel my chest contracting then you slowly progress from there so you make sure that we're actually getting the right muscles to fire and do the work. So you can see there's so many different examples and that's what coaching and cueing will do. If you have the proper coaching and cueing, like with any other skill, sport, lesson, right? If you have a good coach, that can save a lot of time and can actually progress you to do things better and get the benefit out of it. Another tip that I have that I briefly mentioned is try to reduce the stability requirements or just make the exercise simpler. So for example, let's go with that push-up example again. Maybe it's really, really hard for them to do an actual push-up, but we want them to actually turn on their chest. You can reduce the stability requirements by doing a bench press. A bench press might actually be a good way to get them to progress towards a push-up. Because the bench press, again, you don't have to stabilize your core and your spine because you're lying on a bench facing up. Your chest is facing up. And because of that, it might actually help you create more shoulder blade stability, which is a prerequisite for chest function. And from there, you'll be able to utilize your chest more effectively. So reducing stability requirements sometimes is a big thing to get them to progress to where you want them to be as far as turning on certain muscles. The next tip that I have is a lot of times tactile feedback or any type of biofeedback is a big benefit to anyone that's trying to turn on certain muscles. Tactile feedback can literally just be putting your hand on your muscle that you're trying to fire or getting your practitioner or clinician to touch your muscle and give you some tapping or give you some tactile cues to try to squeeze that muscle. And also they'll be able to give you feedback. Okay, that's good. You're doing it or 
oh, you're losing it a little bit. Try to pull it back here. And that's one of the things that if we get some of that feedback, we'll start to feel when we're contracting the muscles and turning it on and when we're not and when it's turned off. Along with tactile feedback, one of the other strategies that I use is this concept of pattern assistance, meaning that I, of course, regress some of the exercises, but if they can kind of do it, if I give you some assistance, that's one of the strategies that I like to use. So, for example, the, the classic example to illustrate this would be, okay, if people are having a hard time to use their hips when they're squatting, maintain proper knee alignment. You can try to give them manual assistance to try to push their knees together and in turn they will start to turn on some of the hip external rotators, their glutes to keep their knees in alignment, prevent their knees from coming closer together. And another way you can do this is just by putting a light band. Now why this is called pattern assistance is because this is different from strengthening because this muscular pattern should be happening whether you have the band there or not. So for example, if someone needs a lot of assistance, I might get a really heavy band or a lot of pressure pushing their knees together so that they can start to fire their glutes when they are squatting. Remember, the goal is to fire your glutes when you're squatting. It's not an isolated muscle strengthening exercise. As they start to get that feeling and get more control of what they're trying to do, then what I would do is lessen how much assistance they're getting. So drop the band to a lower tension. If I was manually pushing, not push as hard. And eventually they're going to be able to turn on and fire their glutes without any assistance, without the band, without me manually pushing on their knees and still be able to use their glutes in this pattern of the squat. So this is where it's different from just strengthening isolated muscles. It's actually trying to give them assistance to create what's supposed to be happening already and then by doing this, you just reduce how much assistance they're getting until they can actually carry out the pattern turning on the right muscles, which is what we're talking about today. Once you get all of that down, the big key point after this is to practice quality reps. In the beginning, it might be, it's like learning a whole new skill or new movement. It might be very difficult, might take a lot of cognitive focus and effort to make sure that they are doing the exercise or feeling the right things and then eventually they'll progress along the stages of learning and it'll become more and more natural and automatic but the key thing here and in the beginning especially is to make sure they know what they're trying to do again with the coaching and cueing choosing the proper exercise on that fundamental level giving them whatever assistance or feedback that they need to make sure that they're doing it correct and the key thing here is to practice quality reps if they practice quality reps, a lot of times this change of turning on the certain muscles, it happens relatively quickly. It can happen as soon as even one or two sessions. But typically what I see is between that first one to two weeks, they start to really feel and make drastic improvements as to how they can control that muscle. Again, that muscle might not be strong, but we're looking just to turn on that muscle and get proper activation. The more that you practice these quality reps, that's what will allow us to, again, apply it to more complex movements, apply it to your training, your activities. It's like turning on that computer again, and now you're able to utilize the computer in so many different fashions. Same thing, it's like turning on that muscle, and once you turn on that muscle, 
then you can start to apply it into so many other movements, exercises, and you can actually start to train that muscle to get the performance benefit that you're looking for. So that's the key. Keep your muscles turned on. And a lot of these basic activation exercises, they should be included into your regular workout regimen so that we keep these muscles turned on and we don't have the muscles slowly start to shut off on us. If we keep moving, we learn how to feel what our muscles are doing, learn how to feel how to execute exercises better, and we do all of this regular maintenance, this is where we'll get all of the benefits of training and performance and everything that we're trying to achieve. A lot of times I recommend doing some of these corrective movements in people's warm-ups for active recovery. Just It's basically just practicing moving well on a consistent basis. Because if we do that, then we know that our body is functioning optimally. And that's really what we want. And like I said before, once you turn on your muscles, you keep those muscles turned on. That's when you will get maximal benefits from all of your training, your activities, and you'll start to elevate your performance and perform at your true capability. And that's what we want to focus on with any activity so that we can really enjoy, be healthy, and do all of the things that we love to do. So hopefully this got you to think about what are you trying to feel? Maybe how is your body moving, performing all of the exercises and activities that you're doing and see what kinds of things you can implement to start to tune up your body, make sure all of your muscles are turned on and working together. Thank you again so much for listening. I really enjoy making these episodes. And if you ever have any suggestions for me, please let me know. Reach out to me on social media at HNL Movement. You can also go to my website, hnlmovement.com, and there's the contact me page, or you can email me at andrew at hnlmovement.com. I have a lot of great guests coming up, uh, future episodes, and I'm looking forward to releasing them and sharing everyone's stories. It helps to hear others' experiences, and we're all in this to help and support each other and really elevate your quality of life. And also for me, I get to learn more about my guests and it gives me a lot of motivation, inspiration to continue to progress along my fitness journey too and also try to share all of this information to help everyone that's listening. If you haven't already, please go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe to my podcast. You'll get all the new weekly episodes once they're released. And also, it would mean a lot if you go there and please rate, and comment and give me some feedback so that I can use this podcast to reach more and more people. So please give me five stars if you enjoy all of the episodes. If you have suggestions for me, please let me know too. I'm always looking to try to improve the podcast content and get more information out to more people. Overall, I thank you again. Thank you for being a part of the H&L Movement community. I have a lot of great things coming out very soon, so stay tuned for that. Sign up for my newsletter and you'll always be up to date with all of the things that I am working on and some exclusive tips and tricks. You can just check that out on my website and subscribe to the email list. Everyone, please stay healthy. Please stay safe during these times and enjoy the rest of your week. And I will be here same time, same place next week for another great episode. Aloha.